All right, this morning I have a sermon called um, A Time for Glory. We've been talking about the glory of God. I, um, do you know what time it is? There's a time period in the earth, a time. Every season is not the same. There's a, there's a time for Christmas, there's a time for Easter, there's a time for summer, there's time periods. If you don't understand the timetable of God, very often you'll miss God because you're doing something that's not wrong. It's just out of its time. Well, y'all are lovely. It's just so quiet in this church. It's... Get your Bibles out and go to John 17 with me, please. John 17. I'm going to leave that right there. We've been talking about the glory of God. We understand that when Jesus was born in the earth, for the first time in 4,000 years, a man stepped into the earth full of glory. First time in 4,000 years that it happened. And that's what we call the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. But, 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 and, and we rejoice that he was born but he came to take you to glory. I want to read a scripture to you. And um, John 17, 20. I don't pray for these alone. Talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The people that were with him. But those who will believe in me through their words say me. That they may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be one in us. The world may believe you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given to them. All right. Now, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to ask a question. Don't go, don't go on me. Why is it as a, as a and this is true. There is no greater group of people on God's green earth than the church. They don't, there's no, we are his signature. When we're gone, this place is going to pot because we're keeping it from going to pot. We're the salt that's in this earth. We're the light that's in the world. And, and, Contrary to what you may think, you know, we're doing a lot more good than we think we are. But he gave us glory, and, and, and so very often we don't see it like we read it in the book of Acts or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I want to address why that is. Do you want to see more of the glory of God? Now, I'm going to get ahead of myself. We must see more of the glory of God. Without the glory, you can kiss America goodbye as we know it. Without the spirit and the presence of God in this nation. But we will have it. Say, we will have it. So I'm going to preach a sermon today called, It's Time for Glory or a Time of Glory. And I'm going to challenge you on in an area. So just, just listen to me because... Every one of us that are sitting here right this minute have a relationship with God that was given to us 
by God through Jesus. You are in relationship with God. But not everybody born again is fellowshipping the relationship. Relationship is what God gives you. Fellowship is what you give him. And you can give it to him in a cup or you can give it to him in a bucket. But really, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why we're not seeing a lot more of the glory of God because we've never been taught the relationship part of it. So I want to talk about time. What kind of time do you give fellowshipping with God? Don't go quiet on me. Look happy, even just look like the look like the Who's and the Who Villas. Even though the you woke up in the morning, everything's gone. I want you to just get shot, Dahu Dore, whatever this is, Yahu Dore. Listen to these this word. No time, no glory. No time, no glory. Now, so we're going to talk about time. With God. In America today, Satan knows who you are. He knows what you carry, and he will do everything in his power to stop you from spending time with God. He, he will work overtime, he will do anything he can. Now, it doesn't change your relationship, but it does hinder your fellowship. It does hinder how much of the glory you walk in and how much you have. He can't defeat you unless he can distract you. He can't stop what God gave you, but he can sure hinder your fellowship with God. And so having said that, listen to this. Spending time is like spending money. I'm doing good. You have a certain amount of money. Every one of y'all have X number of dollars. And you, if you're older, you're wiser, hopefully, than you were when you were younger. There are things you must set aside the money for the house, the electric, I'm on yeah, cars. I had my daughter Ashley. I hope she's not watching right now. I'm gonna tell on her. One year she asked me for a pair of hundred dollar jeans, and I said to Lisa, "Don't buy those jeans for her." I said, "Give her a hundred dollars." She went, so Lisa goes, okay, okay. So for Christmas, she got a $100 bill. She came, oh, she's excited. Oh, $100 bill. I said, are you going to buy your jeans? She went, no, I ain't buying no jeans with this. <laughs> I ain't going to buy one pair of jeans. You see, because all of a sudden, she saw the value. I'm going to spend all this money on one pair of jeans. You lost your mind, so... So, you know, that was just a little wisdom for you and your kids. Anyway, Ash, don't tell Ashley we said that. But. So every one of us in this room right now, we have a certain amount of money that we spend. Now, we would like, I would like to spend more on me. But I'm unable to go beyond what I have. 
Now, understand something. It's nice to go out to eat, but, but sometimes when it costs $40, you're thinking, we could have ate better home tonight. You know, and I'm not saying that I don't go out to eat, but there's times you go out to eat, but it's not all the time. There's times to go on vacation, but good God, it ain't all the time. There's a time to work. The time to make money. There's a time for different things. So, so time is like money, and you have to budget what you spend it on. All right. Now, let me, let me say this. What you spend it on, and if you spend more on yourself, you may be in a mess. And you may go, I'm out of money. Well, no, you're not. If money's not the problem, it's what you used it for. Now, now, what about time? You have a certain amount of time, and people come to me and go, I don't have time. Yeah, you have time. Are you using it wrongly? If you're spending it all on the wrong thing, then you're not spending it on the right thing. Okay, all right. So every one of us in this room right now, we have, well, let's just use college. When you were in college, if you went, and you had a four-year period of time, and there were times when you had a test, but your friends called you and said, hey, we're going out to a pizza tonight and going out for a movie. Would you like to go? And you went, No. I can't. I've got to study because I got a window and I'm going to have to choose that getting the degree or being with you. Now, what they're asking you is not wrong. It's not immoral. It's just that you don't want to go to school for four years and find out that you spent all your time at the movies. Nothing wrong with going to the movies. But you had to say no to say yes. And see, life, very often life, you and I are are constantly saying, what am I going to spend my time on? Okay. Oh, boy, I'm doing real good. Y'all are amen and everything. All right. I'm going to read a scripture to you um, out of Ecclesiastes 3. He made everything beautiful in its time. There's a time for the baby to cry and to mess up the diapers and and, and for us to go, ain't he cute? That's a time period. When they're two days and two weeks and two months, but not when they're 22. That's the wrong time for you to be throwing a fit. You want something to eat, go get it in the fridge or you get it yourself. Because the time changed. It's not the time for you to throw a fit and act like a big baby. Okay, okay, okay. Boy, I'm going to tell you right now. There's a time for the honeymoon. But, honey, it ain't all the time. You're going to learn something if you get married. The white horse he rode in will soon be plowing the field. 
and the man that you thought was the hunk will soon be out in the field and you will be in the kitchen because this is not honeymoon time. This is time to cook and time to clean and time to plow. And there's, there's a time period. And you can't live in that time zone all the time. All right, now what's happening into America is that we have never learned, number one, what time is it? And what are you supposed to be doing with the time allotted to you? How close are we to the rapture? Uh, let's, let's just go down this road. There's a scripture that says, as it was in the days of Noah. It says they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. And, and, and all, there's nothing wrong with anything they were doing. But when you see rabbits getting on a boat, this might be the time to get married and have the honeymoon on the ark. What time zone are we in? Right now, we're in harvest time. Right now, we're in a time that the United States and the world you're living in need the glory of God. This is our time. This, this is a time we're in. If you don't understand that, you're going to miss the time zone. You're going to be in the wrong place. At the wrong time. So I'm a born again Christian tongue talking devil chasing holy roller. And I understand that there's times to be with Lisa. There's times to not. There's times for the kids. There's times not. There's times for you. There's times not. There's a time for church. There's a time to go to work. There's a time for God. Because without it, you're not going to make it. If you don't start learning that it's not a waste of time to get in the prayer, it's not a waste of time to pray. It's not a waste of time to go to church. You're not wasting time. Quit using the time with God for something else. You're sitting around waiting on the glory, and I got news for you, you ain't coming. If you don't take the time and, and spend the time rightly and wisely. Okay, okay, go, go, to, go, go, to, go, to, go, to, go to Luke 14. Go to Luke 14. I'm doing a little better than the last time. It's, it's the crowd. At least it's, no, it's not really. Luke 14. Now, there's a parable here. And, um, well, I'm just going to read it. And, and I want you to know it's in the Bible, so it's okay. Even though it's an anti-American parable. Okay, come on. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. I'll do that. Hold on a minute. I'm going to show y'all how to do this. Conqueror. More than conqueror. Hey, thank you, brother. We'll do that. All right. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something here, and I don't want anybody to get, just don't, don't, if I mention names, don't get mad at me. There are scriptures in the Bible the Baptists don't preach on. 
Do y'all know that? They preach on the love scripture. Skip the tongues. There are scriptures in the Bible that they don't, they don't preach on prosperity scriptures. They don't, we don't, we don't preach on that. There are scriptures faith and word people don't preach on. And this is one of them. See how quiet it got? Like a bunch of Baptists and I mentioned tongues on a Sunday morning. I've had people get up when I start speaking tongues, just walk out. Just. All right, now listen to, this, listen to this parable. Jesus said it, so it must be okay. I got you ready. You're sitting here going. <laughs> Put seatbelt on. Verse 15, one of those who sat at the table heard him and said, blessed is he who eats bread in the kingdom of God. And he said, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And he sent his, he sent his servant at supper what? He sent his servant at supper time. Supper time. Why am I mentioning that? Because this is time for Supper. All right, in America today, you understand, ah, we don't have supper time anymore. When, now, when I grew up, there was a time during the day when we gathered and got around a table. Mama cooked, brought the food out, and you washed your hands, and you came in, and you sat down, and we ate supper. Now, if you're from up north, it's dinner. Dinner here is the large meal of the day. That could be lunch. That could be breakfast around here. But the large one was dinner, but at night we ate supper. So we're sitting around the supper table, and listen, you were there. No matter what you had to do, you were there because there's a time for family. It's a time to talk. It's a time to interact with one another. And it's a beautiful time. But you understand that's a time. Now, wait, now wait a minute. Hold on a minute. When does supper normally happen? What, what time of the day? Evening. Evening. So it didn't say breakfast. He didn't say lunch. He said supper time. That means that they woke up at 6, got home at 6, and what have they been doing for 12 hours? Working. Now, now we're going to read this parable, and I want you to notice that they got their time out of order. Nothing wrong with what they're doing. Let's read it. I'm going to read. I'm going to read to those who are invited, come, all things are now ready. Now, they all with one accord begin to make an excuse. The first said, I bought a piece of ground at night. I understand that money is important. I understand work is important. I get it. But good God, y'all, you're not supposed to be working 14, 18, 20. That's the way the world lives. They're the ones that are seeking money. We're not supposed to be doing that. My God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ. You don't need to take supper time and go back to work. Oh, just give me a burger. I got to go. No, you don't. No, you do not. No, 
You do not. Or my boss called me, put the phone down. Ooh, that's brutal. My God. Which boss called you? One boss called you to supper. The other one boss called you to work. Go to supper. You want to take somebody off, it ain't God. All right, okay. Another said, I just bought five yoke auction. I got to test them. Nobody buys five yoke of oxen without testing them first. But it makes, he said, I made an excuse. He didn't, he didn't want to be at supper. He, his, he's, they got their time all messed up. Now, I just got through reading the definition last week of glory, and I'm going to read it to you again. Wealth. Wealth. Spending time with God is not going to make you broke. You're not going broke. You might go broke if you don't. I'm going to tell you right now. See, the world right now is under a curse. They have to work 18 hours a day, seven and a half days a week, or they are not going to make it. They got to pay for that house they bought. They got to pay for that car they bought. They got to pay for all this. But you don't have to. Your, your God meets all of your needs according to him. That's the God that brought them out of Egypt and took them in the desert and fed them when there was no food and water where there was no water and shelter where there was no shelter. The God you serve is more than enough and you don't tell him no when he invites you to supper. Going to supper with Trump. Go. Now I'm all over American, American whatever we want to call it. But if we don't get it together, all the money you've ever made in your job ain't going to do you a better good. First of all, you're going to lose your kids. You're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your health. Being in the glory is not a waste of time. Let's read on. Okay, I'm going to come back over here. Woo, glory to God. Okay. Now, you know what? I've never had anybody throw a tomato at me. Maybe because they're so valuable. He said, another one said, I married a wife and I can't come. (laughs) Do y'all even want me to go down that one? When did you get a woman and now you can't do nothing? You got to ask mama before you can leave the house. I'm going to church. No, you ain't. <laughs> he didn't say he won't come. He said, I, I got a woman. I, I, I can't come no more. Lisa, Lisa had me out last night putting lights on the house. And I'm out there teasing her. I said, I need my, um, what is that? Break time. I need a break time. I said I need a, what's that when you, um, union. I hollered and I said, I need to talk to a union officer. 
And sometimes she becomes French. She said, we, going to put her the lights up. And I went, we, 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 we ain't on this ladder. We, I tease her all the time. She said, we put up the tree. You put up the tree. So anyway, I I tease her about being a slave driver, but she's really not. She's really not. I got half of them up and half of them didn't work. Don't you hate it when you put the lights up and go? So Mrs. Pharaoh comes out and says, you need to replace that strand. I said, I bind you. (laughs) See, this is not supposed to be stressful. Christmas is not supposed to be stressing me out. Look on that and it says made in China. And you go, Lord of mercy, help me, Jesus. Okay, that's enough picking on Lisa. Anyway, you got your time coming. Your time. Your turn. <laughs> I've married a wife. I can't come. And so the servant came into the master, and the master of the house, being angry, said to the servant, Go quickly in the, in the streets and the lanes and bring here the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. The servant said, Master, it's done. You commanded. And the master said to the servant, Go in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house will be filled. I say to you, none of these men will be invited will taste my supper. Now look at verse 25. The great multitude went, and he turned and said, Anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, and his wife and children and brothers, he can't be my disciple. Folks, listen to me. God didn't give you a family to take his place. He didn't give you work to take his place. If serving God is making you broke, maybe you ought to change God's. He is your life. He is your joy. He is your peace. He is your future. So where I'm going with this is we're going to talk about prayer. Because what, for whatever reason, it's our, our flesh is always screaming what it wants. You've got people calling you. Listen, anytime you want to get alone with God, the phone will ring. And if you do what they want, you'll have no time. They will not let up. They have your life planned. He has your life planned also. If you put him last, you'll never see him. But if you put him first, you're going to have to, when the phone rings, go, won't be there. Not doing that. Don't have time to come. I have something to do. And I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment in stark vividness. You're going to see it and you're going to go, oh, my God. When he calls you, go. When he wants you. You know, we have a gentleman here as a colonel in the military. I'm just going to tell you, if he gets a phone call at 3 o'clock in the morning, he's getting dressed and leaving the house. 
If the military can do that, I wonder what would happen if God spoke to you. I need you to come. <laughs> my wife told me no. I mean, my God, Jesus, we got a birthday party. Don't shout me down. Don't shout me down. We're the most distracted bunch of people on this planet. And God wants to do something mighty in this nation. If he could just ever get you to go, maybe not everything I'm doing is important. Maybe I'm wasting time. Oh, love this nest glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 12. Anyway, scripture right here says anybody intending to build a tower does not count the cost. You, you have to sit back and count what is the value of what I'm doing. Romans 12, 1. And we've read the scripture hundreds of times in this, script, in this church. And I want you to understand this. Your, your greatest enemies is the world, your flesh, and the devil. That's where your time's going. Your enemy. Satan will do anything in his power to stop you from spending time with God. Romans 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living sacrifice. Why? I want another piece of pie. You already had a piece of pie. I want another piece of pie. And I don't want to pray. What are you saying anyway? I don't want to pray. I'm telling you, I mean, isn't there anything on Hallmark right now? I mean, I don't want to pray. Let me ask you all a question. Have you ever decided you're going to pray and, and you just didn't feel it? I don't feel it. Shandai, shandai, tie my bow There's eggnog in the refrigerator. There's chocolate in the bedroom. There's a good Charlie Brown movie coming out. In Jesus' name, amen. What? Okay. Want to know where the glory went? Your flesh is a spoiled, rotten brat. And it ain't saved. Luke 4, go to Luke 4. I'm going to show you a powerful scripture now. Barbara, you're going to love this. We'll come here and preach to Barbara for a minute. I'm going to show you something about the power of God. Do y'all want to know about the power? It's not automatic. Now, we're going to talk about Jesus here. Luke 4. And Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Is he filled? He's filled. He returned from the Jordan 
And the Holy Spirit said, come with me. Where are we going? To meet the devil. I don't want to meet the devil. I'm going to say something to everybody in the church. Just listen to me. Satan is going to do everything in his power to stop you. Because you are made in the image of God. And you're a born-again Christian, and God loves you. He can't attack God. But he can attack what God considers valuable. And that's you. And he will do everything in his power to stop you. If you think you're going to get up and walk out of here and not have temptations, you've lost your mind. And I cannot come to your house and hold your hand while you resist the devil. Okay, say it this way. I bind you, Satan. And when the attack comes, you're going to be blown away at how intense it is. You're going to call me. I couldn't make it. Something came up. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Do you understand that you don't go through anything? Jesus went through everything you went through. We all go through hell on earth. We all do. What are you doing when it happens, your adversary, your adversary, the devil. Now, I'm going to read the rest of this because I, gotta, I don't want to try to remember to read it. So I'm going to show you the end of the story. Forty days. I, I didn't tell you you had to pray for 40 days. But I'm going to tell you the four-minute prayer meeting isn't working. You want more of God? You're going to have to draw near God. You're going to have to go, I'm spending this time with God. And you have to believe it's worth it. He that comes to God must believe he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Jesus had to believe it was worth it to spend 40 days in the wilderness. Or he wouldn't have gone. But it says he went in full of the Holy Ghost. But I want to show you the next scripture. Chapter 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in what? Power. You don't want to know where the power went? It went out when the prayer left. Oh, we were busy. While America's falling apart around us. You know in Ukraine they're praying now? Don't wait till Ukraine before you begin. Don't shout me down. If you think the devil is going to leave you alone, you're deceived. If right now you don't like coming to church and you're always trying to figure out, you're already messed up. He's already got you. So I'm going to tell a story. And I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to tell a little bit about myself. I'm going to tell you two stories. One of them is the value of listening to God when he says pray. And your brain goes, what? But because I'm going to Ramah 
And they taught me to follow the Spirit of God, follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Lord dealt with me when I was in Tulsa to go off during the day and to take my lunch and pray. You would think I'm just shanda, shanda. I mean, I never felt so dry. For an hour, get up and go back to work. Next day, get up during lunch, go pray. This went on for three weeks. What do you want me to do today? I want you to go pray. Okay, Heavenly Father, I'll go pray. Am I wasting time? Well, when I tell you the rest of the story, you're going to go, oh, no. So one day I'm in my office, and a plainclothes detective walks in. Hello, are you Daryl Morgan? I'm like, yep. Tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling, maintenance man, that's me. And he's not smiling. He's a serious detective. He said, well, there's a girl here that has accused you of raping her. And I went, ha! Me? Nah. And he goes, I'm serious. And I went, oh. And he looks at me and he said, where were you such and such a day? And I'm going, alone in an apartment praying? OMG. I am going to prison. He said, she said you had a mask on, but she knows it was you. I looked at her and I went, no. I ain't that hard up. No, never mind. I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. But see, during that time, I had a boss named Rita that was at the last apartment complex. And she would call me and say, Daryl, we want to take you to lunch. Now, you understand, I don't have time for lunch. I've got to, I need every penny I can make right now to get out of Tulsa and move to Orlando. I'm trying to save my money, and they want to go to lunch. I said, I ain't going to lunch with you. I ain't got time for you. The next day, somebody said, you need to go to lunch. I don't want to go to lunch with you. You need to go. So finally, I called and said, okay, I'll go to lunch. She said, I need you to be here at 1130. I went, oh. I thought, okay, okay. So I drive across. To, I leave the apartments at 11. I get to the Raven's Roost at 1130. She's not there. The, the cleaning girl is there. I'm in there talking to the cleaning girl for about 45 minutes. Rita shows up late. No, 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 not late. Oh, you don't eat lunch all day. And then her and Mark Diburton took me to a fancy restaurant. I got back to apartments at four. I am looking at my time. I've just lost five hours of that was the day she got raped. What do you think God had me praying about alone in an apartment for three straight weeks? Satan had already planned my defeat, but God had already come and said, I need you to go and pray. My God, I wasn't wasting time. I ain't Shonda tie your bow tie. I am staying out of prison. Amen. 
So he says, where were you? And I went, ha! What was her, the city commissioner? Rita was the Tulsa commissioner's wife. I said, this, the Tulsa commissioner, I was at lunch with the commissioner's wife. And, and he picks up and says, five, and he picks up and says, Miss McKim, can you validate where this young man was with me? And he said, have a good day. And he walked out and I went, Shonda, oh, thank you, Jesus. Anytime you want to pray, I'll pray. Satan is going to try to take you out. But he can't. If he'll use time wisely. Boy, he's tried. And I didn't even know I was important. And I thought, if, if you are working that hard to keep me from Orlando, what does God have for me? Hallelujah. Are y'all out there? Did you go home? And the king calls you to supper. You go to supper. Amen. You want to go to supper? I'll go to supper. I have another story. It's worse. One time I went through a season where everything in my soul, I, I didn't tell Lisa. I didn't tell anybody. How do you pastor a church and tell people you're depressed? You don't. You get up in the morning, you walk in here, you shout it all, and you don't tell them, I want to quit. I hate this place. You don't want to come? I don't either. <laughs> what do you do? When your mind is full of doubt, what do you do when, when all you, I mean, I mean fear is hitting you in the head and the devil is going, you need to quit. You need to quit. What are you doing? How long are you going to do this? There's other people that can do this. You need to just quit. Your body's sick. The money's not coming in. People don't like you. I don't like them. They don't like me. We're all in agreement. But you know, you just can't imagine. And I would go to God and go, what did I do? What did I do? God, what did I do? Nobody in here has ever been through this. I understand that, but maybe two people. Never in my life. They didn't teach us at Raymond what to do when, when you're depressed. Faith people don't get depressed. I pick up my Bible. It's a dead book. I'm praying and I, I don't want to pray. I don't want to wake up. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to die. I don't want to live. 
I know I'm, never mind, we'll just go home. I'm just, and I had one thing to do. One, I had one thing I could do, pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and, and can I say something to you when I began? The, the war in my head got worse. What are you doing? This doesn't work. Why are you doing this? Hush. You're a loser. You're no good. You're going to die. Faith doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for you. It doesn't work. Come on, that's good. Giving doesn't work. This is hopeless. I know I'm the only one in here. I'm sorry. Please forgive me for bothering y'all. Pray like that. Pray like an hour. What does it feel like? But you say, why did why'd you keep praying? I had nothing else to do. Where do you go when there is nowhere? Somewhere about an hour or two, somewhere down inside of me, the God that didn't care about me spoke a word. And I said it out of my mouth, and all of a sudden, it was like a glimmer of hope hit my soul. And I quoted another scripture, and then I prayed a while, and all of a sudden praying became easier. Then all of a sudden I felt to sing something, and part of me went, why are you singing, fool? And I sang a while, and then he gave me another scripture. About two hours into this prayer meeting, I'm starting to have a little joy I don't know where it's coming from. It's little joy came. It's little, uh, you know, the phone rings, and I'm going to put it under me. Yeah, heck with that. I don't care if the president calls me. I ain't answering. I'm right now. I've been, I got to get right. I got I to gotta get an answer. I wish I could tell you this has only happened once. I'd be lying. <gasps> Pastor. Not you. Yes. If you're worth your salt, Satan has attacked you. And going to the beach won't fix it. Buying a new gun won't fix it. I thought about that, but it didn't. A little while later, I'm praying, and all of a sudden, Praying became easier. All of a sudden, I got this idea. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Whoa, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. 
I wish I could tell you when it happened, but somewhere in now, the Holy Ghost, the, uh, something down on the inside of me, like a river, began to boil up out of the inside of me. And all of a sudden, I went, hey, devil, that was you. Hey, devil, that was you. Hey, devil, that God ain't mad at me. I, that's a spirit of fear. I bind you. I bind you. My best days are ahead of me. Whoa, glory to God. Now, here, now I'm going to tell you, here's what I learned. Don't ever get in that mess again. Don't ever neglect your time with God and get yourself in that mess. You can ask my wife. I'll be walking through the house and I hear this pray and I go, yes, sir. <laughs> Listen to me. Are y'all out there? Jesus, though God in the flesh, he had to spend 40 days. And man, I can't imagine what that was like to deal with the devil. Incarnate, right at face to face, Lucifer himself. All I was dealing with was a spirit of doubt and fear. And I asked the Lord when it was all over with, I said, why did this happen? And, and I'm thinking that I've, I, I'm, I'm praying. I know y'all have never done this. What did I do wrong, God? What did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? And he said, do you remember when you preached on the authority of the believer? I said, yes, sir. He said, he don't ever want you to preach it again. He wants you to get out of the pulpit. I went, you mean this is happening to me and I didn't do anything? This is happening because I did something right? You might have a lot of trouble because you're doing something real right. Maybe you're a threat. Maybe he doesn't want you full of, maybe he don't want you to pray. He don't want you in church. He don't want you in the prayer. When, he, when Jesus calls you for supper, don't go. You got to go to work. No, you don't. No, you don't. Whew, glory to God. Is, is it all right if I tell you all my, I never tell you how bad it is for me. I, it's worse than that, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Laying in a hospital and you're planning your own funeral. And my wife walks in and says, what are you thinking about? There's a honeydew list. And she, she's like, you got work to do around here. And I took me too long to train you. I can't, you can't die right now. And I said, God, are you listening to her? He goes, yes, I am. I went, oh, Lord. I put my funeral sermon away. I was, I was going to do my own funeral and get Justin to video me. And while y'all are looking at my body in a casket, I was going to come on and go, hey, guys. Lisa messed that up, boy. I'm a... <laughs> y'all, ever been, y'all ever been through stuff? Listen to me. 
Your time with God, you're not, it's not wasted time. You, you're wasting time, but it ain't your walk with God. I'm saying all this because we're in a time now in America. This nation, I need God. When you see rabbits getting on the ark, you need to start looking at what time it is. When you have the North Korea is trying to ship a nuke, Iran is planning on shipping a nuke, Russia's planning on shipping a nuke, and Biden's planning on paying for it. It is time to pray. This is a time to pray. I got one more story. I got a lot more stories, but this is the only one I can think of right now. What time is it? Oh, it's 11.50. I got 10 minutes and 12 and 27 seconds. When I, got, when, I, when I was 22, my mother drug me to a crusade. I didn't anymore want to go to a crusade and listen to a quartet sing a boo-bop and a boo-bop and a boo-bop. Man, I, I'm like Lester Led Zeppelin, baby. And, and Bachman Turner overdriving. Never mind. I mean, I have, don't want to hear no quartet. But that night was penny beer night. And I was the best poker cheater in my town. I didn't say poker player. I cheated. I stole everything I had, man. You walked out of the room, I'd steal something from you. So my mother's going to get me to penny beer night, old fool. And I walked into crusade with the glory. I never met the glory. Listen, I'd have gone to hell if I hadn't met the glory. And that glory hit me and shook all the dope devils out of me. I mean, God just picked me up like a rag doll and shook me. <laughs> I walked out Shanda. I went home and rolled a joint to celebrate being saved. It's so good to be a Christian. I'm serious. And the Lord says, you don't need that. And I'm going, dang good stuff. Get a hold of God. I could sell this for $10 a stick. <laughs> and he said, you don't need that. And I went, I don't. He goes, put it down. Get your Bible. And I went, where is it? November 16, 1975. What would have happened if the glory wasn't there? They just got up there and did a quartet and did a little sing and did a The world is tired of your and my dead religion. They're tired of it. Your kids have already heard all of your arguments about Jesus. You know what they need? To meet him. I met him. Last joint. Last beer. 
last playboy. November 16. I mean, I filled a dumpster up with enough stuff to send you to hell. All my rock music, I mean, everything that wasn't God went in the dumpster. And I drove away. I had met God, Paul. I had stepped into the glory. I've had times in my life when it's stronger than others. But I'm going to tell you what I found out. It's not a waste of time to pray. I've had times when, when I'll be at home and I'll start praying and two or three hours later, I don't want to quit, Tom. I mean, you can't, I mean, the joy and the peace and, the, and, and oh, my God. I mean, I just sit in my chair and just get drunk in the Holy Ghost. Man, you, yeah, like Tom, that's the most high. You'd have to, you'd have to smoke dope to come down. And you walk outside your house and you're drunk in the Holy Ghost and you're cracking jokes with everybody and they're going, that's not funny. And you, <laughs> Did you hear about what's happening with Korea? <laughs> yeah. Have you heard gas? <laughs> yeah. What have you been doing? I've been praying in the Holy Ghost. Glory. 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 Glory to God. It's not a waste of time to spend time with God. And I'm going to ask you to do something. Adjust your schedule. Whatever it is that's robbing you, you're wasting time. You're wasting it. When you see the rabbits getting in the ark, make an adjustment in what you're doing. How long do we have before the rapture? Somebody said before the end of the year. Are you ready? What have you been doing all this time? I'm going to tell you this. It's soon. It's very soon. I am praying that God will extend it so we can preach the gospel. Justin, and I'm not going to get him up here now. What Friday he preached a message on on the spirit of faith and had a dream. Folks, you need a spirit of faith right now. You need, you need a spirit of faith. You're going to meet a Goliath. You will meet a Goliath. We will see tougher times. But it won't bother you if you're full of glory. Sunday morning is not a waste of your time. This is not work day. This also ain't family day. This is his day. Not his 45 minutes, his day. The whole day. Anybody out there, y'all go home. Barbara, I'm doing. 
I believe with all of my heart that our best days as a church in America are ahead. But I think God is arresting us. I'm going to tell you one more story. I got three minutes. Brother Hagan said that when he pastored in Texas, there was a farmer there that had gotten back in fellowship with God. And, and he started coming down to the church and helping Brother Hagan with odd jobs around church. And he didn't miss a Sunday or a Wednesday and didn't miss his tithe. And his father was older. And this is, a, this is not a, he's probably 25, 30-year-old man, but his dad was like 50, 60. And all of them were cotton farmers. The community, everybody, everybody was a cotton farmer. And his father called him and said, let me tell you something, boy. You're spending all your time down there at that dead burn church. You're going to lose your crop. Now, we're farmers. You need to get back to being a farmer. And the young man that had got right with God said, Dad, I got this. He said, well, let me just tell you something, boy. You better get, to, you better get back to your farm, hanging around that church, putting all your money in. He, so the man went to brother and said, don't pay any attention to my dad. He said, I'm more in love with Jesus than I am cotton. Well, as time went on, drought hit Texas. The only cotton that grew was his. People drove from all over Texas to see the one and only farm that had cotton in it. And right up to the edge of it, and they said that during this time that he's wasting time at church, it's raining on his cotton. It didn't rain anywhere, but it rained on his cotton. It says the bow weevils came after that and ate everybody's cotton, but they died at the edge of his property. And all he's doing is goofing off down to the church. It made the newspapers. When they came to buy cotton, he charged a high price. There ain't no cotton out here, but I mean, there's nothing but Levi's out there. They ain't made yet, but that's all I've got is a bunch of white Levi's. Maybe some Wranglers. I don't know. And he walked up to Brother Hagin and said, tithe check's good. I'm the only one had cotton. Is he wasting time? One more time before I close. Definition of glory. Wealth. Numbers, commerce, power, wisdom, promotion, superiority, dignity, authenticity, nobility, splendor, valor, magnificent, extraordinary privilege and advantage. Anybody want a little more glory? I think I have some more glory. You ready to pray? Father God, I came in here this morning with a heart to preach what you gave me to preach the other day. And you asked me to ask them what they're doing with their time. It's time, Father God, for the church to step back into glory you gave us. Not a waste of time. You're not asking us to spend 40 days in the wilderness. But you are asking us to pull aside and spend more time praying than we've ever prayed.
Our children need our prayers or they will be lost. Our grandchildren need our prayers or they will be lost. Our nation needs prayer or it will be lost. But as for me and my house, we will pray. Father, you can count on Lisa and I to spend the time we need in the morning when you call us to stop what we're doing. If you call us and say, I need you in the throne, we're leaving, we're coming in. Papa God, we love you. you Jesus said he gave us glory. We have everything we need. I pray that as a church, this church will walk in We'll have services so thick that sick will walk in and be healed walking in a building. And people lost will walk in and get born again and I hadn't said a word, I hadn't even preached anything. People will get in the worship service and you'll start talking in tongues of the Spirit of God. Father, people that have, are losing their mind or going through fear like I was, it'll just lift off of them and be replaced with peace and joy. The, world, the United States needs, we need you to move in this nation. That's what time it is, Father. I ask that everybody in the sound of my voice would hear the heart that I'm preaching with. We're going to need to come back and do, a, do some praying. You said pray over those that are in authority. We need to pray over those who are in authority. You said without prayer you can do nothing. We need to pray over people. Pray over the lost that are around us. Nobody else is praying for them. You paid a high price for them to go to heaven. You need us to ask you. Please move in their life. Draw them to yourself. If you're in here this morning, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to put you in condemnation, but if your prayer life is not where it should be, I'm going to ask you right now to say, Heavenly Father, I'm going to start praying. Spend the time with you. My family needs it. I will not allow the devil to discourage me from praying. Doubt, I resist you in Jesus' name. Unbelief, I resist you. And I plead the blood over my mind. I didn't tell that story to, just to tell about me. I think sometimes it's good for you to find out that preachers don't live in a, in a glass bubble. We understand what you go through. We go through it too. Well, I'm going to tell you how to get out of it. You need more God. Father God, I love these people. Thank you for them. If there's anybody in here today not saved, I ask you to draw them to yourself. I pray they make heaven. Anybody that's going through what I went through in their mind, this is the last day they're going to put up with that mess. They're going to walk out of it today and never go back and get back there, get their joy back, get their peace back in the name of Jesus. Well, God bless every single one of you and have a Merry Christmas. 
I'll see some of y'all next Sunday. Praise the Lord. I'm loud. Hallelujah. It's supper time. Amen. Come on, say that with me. It's supper time. And when supper's over, then the night closes, and then a new day dawns. And that new day is Jesus coming back. So, this morning, you know, Pastor was talking about temptations. Raise your hand and say this with me. Say, Jesus is Lord. When you're feeling bad, when you're feeling down, when things aren't working out right, in your mind, in your body, in a temptation, I dare you, at that very moment when you feel the worst, open your mouth and say, Jesus is Lord. Say it again. Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Why would you do that? It's because what you're saying and declaring right there at that moment is that Jesus, I submit to, this I don't. Jesus, I submit to, he's Lord, he's master. He's not just savior, he's my master. He is king over this situation. And you say it and the devils will go. If you, you need to believe me because it happens. Don't let condemnation, shame, forget it. Forget it. You look at the devil and say, that's between me and God. You're out of this. I plead the blood and the cross covers and annihilates. You, say, you, you have something to say? You say it to him. You don't say it to me because I'm not going there. Jesus is Lord. If you're here this morning, as my altar workers are coming forward, if you're here this morning and you've never said Jesus is Lord over me, Jesus come into my heart. I believe that you died on the cross for me, that you rose again for me. Forgive me of my sin. He will come inside of you the moment you say that. But it is a proclamation. It is a declaration that you need to say. It is easy to say. But the reason so many people don't do it is because pride stops them. I don't need him. I got this. You don't got this. So the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Do not go out these doors without saying, Jesus, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. Don't leave today if you've never said that or you don't remember saying it. Come up this morning. It doesn't take long. All it takes is a willing heart that reaches out for the glory of the Christ, of the King, to come inside of you and make you brand new. And if you need prayer for any other reason, come on up. They're willing to spend time with you. And I will just say this, God bless every one of you. We love you. And we live what we preach. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.